As some of you may know, I was a big fan of the 80s Transformers series. I was disappointed to see it leave the American airwaves in 1988, but then I discovered that it continued in Japan under the name Headmasters. I was able to get a hold of some videotapes of this show, but they weren't dubbed into English or subtitled. So here are my attempts to make sense of what the hell was going on on those tapes. Anyone who followed my reviews through the Generation 1 series knows how much I love robots that turn into animals. And by love, I mean absolutely hate. And by absolutely hate, I mean Jesus fucking Christ, that doesn't make sense and it's terrible! Anyway, I was pleasantly surprised to discover that, despite the title, this episode does not feature robots that turn into animals. No, instead it just features animals. It's like a Richard Scarry book with the occasional Autobot and Decepticon. But first, we watch Fortress Maximus doing what all cities do at one time or another, fly through space. Oh, and here's some breaking news from 1988. Daniel and Wheelie are still annoying, even in a language that I neither speak nor understand. More on this story as it develops. The Autobots pick up a bunny and a hedgehog, I think. I guess they're dressed like warriors, so that's pretty cool. I guess. Assuming we're taking an extremely broad definition of cool. Meanwhile, RC receives a fax. That is all. Now we go to what I assume is the Planet Beast from the title. There's bat dudes, giraffe dudes, an alligator man, and a reindeer with sunglasses! He's the Spuds Mackenzie of reindeer! And then there's this lion guy with the eye patch and the mullet, whom I can only assume is Planet Beast's version of Nick Fury, only with really bad hair. I'm pretty sure these animal guys are part of some other toy line, but please don't tell me in the comments what that was. I'd love that you want to do that, but I really don't care. Don't take it the wrong way. I just don't care. I love you, though. So the Autobots arrive, and I'm absolutely positive that they tell Wheelie and Daniel to stay with the ship. No, I haven't learned Japanese since the last time I told you that. I've just seen enough Doctor Who to recognize a Stay in the TARDIS look. Eventually they end up hanging out with Donkey Kong Jr., because why the hell not? Then the flying train shows up with these monster robot guys. Damn it. And the Headmasters switch heads. Which, I guess, is a cool power, but I'm not sure I could tell you exactly why. Also, they do it in the most unnatural way possible. Mullety lion Nick Fury communicates with a walrus through a digital picture frame. I don't know if this is at all relevant to the plot, but it's a pretty goddamn fun sentence to say. Fortress Maximus uses his vacuum up a lake power. Rodimus Prime has a rock fight with Galvatron, Cyclonus, and Scourge. Then the rest of the Decepticons are defeated by fish, and the Autobots get the plans for... something. A new back deck for Fortress Maximus, maybe. We begin with the Aerialbots cruising around space. It's good to know that Japanese Silverbolt has the same full pouty lips as his American counterpart. A rock approaches their ship and makes their ship all bendy. Or maybe somebody spilled water on the animation cell. Meanwhile, on Char, man, I love that every scene with Galvatron opens with this. Seriously, every scene. Best I can tell, the conversation that happens here is, Galvatron, the Technobots exist. We'll kill them! Look out, guys, it's Cyclonus. He's escaped from those fish, and he is pissed! Then Fortress Maximus encounters that rock from before. Lasers seem to bounce right off the thing, so naturally they shoot at it 30 more times. Back on Earth, the tiny cars join the fight. Fear the wrath of the tiny cars, Galvatron! Then a monster fights a drill. In space... Hang on, it's the tiny cars, aren't they? Never mind. They've run into the warpy rock thing. The demon meteoroid, I guess, or whatever. In Autobot HQ, a lot of talking happens for a really long time, especially between the Witwickies. Domestic trouble? Financial planning? 
Secret plots to toss Daniel out an airlock? No man can say. Spike apparently has a broken arm, though, which surely must be a lot more fascinating if I could understand this dialogue. It would have to be, right? Daniel suits up to fight the demon meteoroid, since his father is apparently in no shape to do it, and Carly... I don't know, doesn't feel like it, I guess? We know from the previous series that she can kick ass if she wants to, so I can only assume that she doesn't want to if they're sending a kid. So, fine, Daniel is our last hope. Except, he has a temper tantrum, and then Cerebro stops him crying literally by playing peekaboo. Is Daniel too? Finally, he arrives at the demon meteoroid, which has a ray gun and some kind of command center. So he turns it off. And that's it. That's the least demonic thing I've ever seen. I sure hope this veil is more mysterious than that meteoroid was demonic. Hey look, it's Char! And it's a lot more built up since the US series. Real estate boom, one assumes. This scene with Galvatron doesn't open with his maniacal laughter for a change, so he must be pissed. He's talking to this shadowy figure, whom everyone addresses as Scorponok. There's absolutely no mystery here. I'm not sure why they're even bothering with this whole mystery thing. That's not the veil of mystery, is it? Meanwhile, RC, aka Robot Uhura, and that's classic 60s Uhura, not ass-kicking new movie Uhura, takes a distress call from... Captain Power? So I think the headmasters go check out the problem? They go through some kind of ruined temple or space bridge, I guess? I'm really not clear on this part. Wacky pratfalls and cartoon sound effects, on the other hand, are universal. And universally terrible. And here they are. <laughs> the headmasters find a smoking gun and a bunch of corpses, then Rodimus and Ultra Magnus... drive there? They rifle through some file cabinets, then Rodimus calls... Arsenio Hall? Well, the dude was pretty big at this time, so why not? Well, it's time to go into space. Assemble the train! Meanwhile, the headmasters get locked into whatever this place is, get stuck in some kind of centrifuge, and are buried in the sand. God, these guys are idiots. Ah, now it's the sad violin music, so I suppose we're flashing back now. And I'm going to use my powers of deductive reasoning, by which I mean looking at the title of the episode. I can assume that this was four million years ago. I guess this is the origin of the headmasters? But mostly I find myself wondering why robots would be shivering in a cave to get out of the rain. Then they switch heads again for no reason, defeat the Decepticon headmasters, then kick Galvatron out. But he escapes almost immediately. Then everybody laughs. That's how you can tell it's the end, I guess. Man, this one was kind of a mystery, in the sense that I had no idea what the fuck was going on. Anyway, I know I haven't done one of these in a while, and I apologize for that. I've been busy on the two regular podcasts that I produce, information to follow in the credits. I will get back to the rest of Headmasters eventually, though, although eventually may mean six months, a year, who knows. But I'll finish it, I promise. Thank you for watching.